are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Did you, uh, so today, do you want to do where we pick your next bike or like go through like all the categories and stuff or just kind of talk about bikes and see where it goes? Yeah, I, I think we should do that. I mean, we could, well, we didn't really talk about our test rides at all. Um, because mm-hmm. the last episode got deleted because, uh, I was ranting about Harley too long. So we, we got to try not to do that <laughs> this time. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's kind of like we broke up, um, and I just can't talk about her anymore. But <laughs> yeah, I I've never even owned a Harley, so I probably shouldn't talk about them that much. But, yeah, I was thinking about that too, and like we go off on Harley all the time, and everyone does, but I've never even owned one. Not that I will, but I mean I've driven him, but <laughs> I never had one, so yeah. I can't really talk. But. All right, you go first since I have like five. Okay, so my test ride. Um, I was recently, a couple months ago, on a Triumph Street Triple. I'm in the market right now for a new bike, um, which I'm pretty set on the Street Triple. I'm open to other things, but it's still like, I, I mean, my main bike is the Street Triple for sure. So, other bikes on the table, go ahead. Uh, so, First of all, I after you get to that, like, why not the speed triple, and how did the ride go? Um, so first, then, I I don't want a speed triple because I think it's gonna be too fast. I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be like feeling like you're stuck in traffic all the time, and like you just want to go faster, but you can't. Yeah. Because you're on the street. Yeah. As much as I want to be like some street squid, some street Rossi, like. I don't, I don't need the speed triple. And to me, like, it's really important that my, my sport bike be like really lightweight. And I think the speed triple is probably going to be too heavy, like not too heavy to ride, but heavier than I want, you know? Yeah. So like, I know that we talk about the ninjas that we've had, the ninja six fifties and those things were like 460 pounds, I think. Which is weird. They didn't feel like that. Yeah. They didn't feel very heavy. They felt, actually really really light yeah coming from the uh the vulcan that i still have the vulcan 900 um like coming from that and i just sat on the ninja the very first time i had it i'm like holy crap this thing is so light yeah Um, and so i wanted i want a lightweight bike and a speed triple will probably i don't know the weight off the top of my head it's probably around 460 ish because the uh the dry weight of the street triple is like 360 so seriously yeah so it's like super lightweight bike like really flickable a lot of fun easy to maneuver it's just like crazy lightweight and you know that's the dry weight so like wet weight's probably closer to 400 but still 400 that's super super light yeah that's crazy not like a you know it's not like a grom or something like that but for a full-size bike that's really lightweight yeah so it's mo- it mostly comes down to I don't think that I need all the power of the speed triple and the the lightweightness of the the street triple. So how would you compare your your triple to your ninja? Right. Oh, way faster. Like it is such a more like premium package. Yeah. Um, also subtle flex and super healthy. <laughs> I was just drinking some kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is, but it sounds fancy and healthy. Super, super fancy, healthy. <laughs> yeah, I, I know I said I had some technical difficulties before I was hopping on. 
that was uh, with a blender, not with like my computer. <laughs> I'm glad we're truthful with each other. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't have time to explain right now. I'm trying to fix our blender, but technical difficulties. I should be on in 10. That's funny. So how was the ride though? Like explain your ride. So I wasn't able to take the bike on that long of a ride. Yeah. Um, Cause it, they don't, the dealership that I was at, they don't have a, a demo bike, which was kind of lame. So they were like, you you can only put like a couple miles on it because we got to keep it like brand new for whoever buys it. Yeah. You know, it's not me. I'm not buying the 2020. <laughs> <laughs> a little much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because the 2020 Street Triple is like 12.5, I think, um, which is just a little bit more than I want to pay. That's not horrible, though. Like, that's. I mean, it's not terrible. horrible. Definitely not. Um, and honestly, like, if it weren't for just a couple things that I'll, I'll talk about in a sec, I'd consider a 2020. Yeah. Um, but because of a few things that I'll mention, like I'm looking more towards a 2018 or 2019. Yeah. Save a couple bucks and get the features I actually want. Probably but so. anyway, I didn't, I wasn't able to put that many miles on the bike. Um, so I just went on a loop, probably like a five mile loop um, from the dealership. Didn't hop on the highway. Highest speed I reached was probably like 55. Um, yeah. Which wasn't legal in that area, but you know, I wanted to test ride the bike. Makes but sense. it was a lot more like it, the engine I could tell just had so much more character than the 180 degree parallel twin or the Ninja 650, mm-hmm. which as a first sport bike, you know, anyone who hears this, like totally get the Ninja 650. Awesome. First sport bike. Um, you will not be disappointed, but as a second bike, you know, I want to move on to something that has more character. Um, it's faster. It's got more grunt screams a little more. And all those things, like it definitely delivered on. So I was, I was really happy riding the bike. Felt super comfortable. Um, you know, like the first thirty seconds of being on any new bike, you're like, oh, this feels weird. And then, like after thirty seconds, you know, you got the clutch control and like, okay, that's where it engages, and it's all good after that. Yeah. And that's kind of how it was on that bike too. You know, it took me a second, like just getting through the parking lot. I'm like, okay, that's where it engages. Like, give it this much throttle, or like. You know, as I'm shifting gears, give it that little bit more. Um, so it was a lot of fun just getting on that bike. But the reason I'm not looking at 2020s is I don't know if you, I mean, you'll probably test ride the, the street triple here pretty soon. Yeah. Seems like you've been on an adventure of test riding every bike you can get your hands on. Yeah. <laughs> but on the 2020 street triple, the dash sucks. Really? Like, it, it sucks. Like it's a... And I don't know why it does because it has all the premium components. Like it's a touchscreen TFT. It's bright and colorful, but the things you actually want to see are so small. And that like, so like your uh, the tachometer and the speedometer, they're so small. They only take up like a little portion of the, like a skinny portion of the dash. That's weird. But then on the 2018s, like you can see perfectly, you, you can see exactly what you want to know. And That's weird because like the 2020, the Triumph um, Tiger that I did, the 900, um, the dash was like, that was like the biggest part, which I think it's more because like adventure riders want to know all that info like immediately. And it, it was like customizable. I'm wondering if there's like things you can customize on the street triple. So That's, it's customizable to an extent, but you can't change like the crappiness of it. They're you probably can, just like, keeping costs I mean, that's just a software thing. Like the, uh, the expensive hardware that they're putting into it, mm-hmm. it's already there and they've already done that research for other bikes. So 
That's I don't know why that layout of it, like just tweak your software, make that part bigger, you, but you can't change like the font size of what speed you're going or what the RPMs are, and it sucks. That's weird. Did it have like <laughs> modes? Did it have like, you know, like race mode and all this other stuff? It had all those modes, but if I'm only riding for five miles, I'm just going to leave it in street mode. You know, I'm not going to go into sport or – and race was just a customizable option. Yeah. So I'm not going to bother like customizing it for five-mile rides. You yeah. Know, on it. It's kind of weird. That's so it does weird. have those modes, and it's got, you know, Brembo brakes, um, Showa forks, and an Olin's rear shock. So, I mean, like, it's got, it's got the good stuff. Yeah. It's not like – BMW S1000 RR level suspension and brakes, but it's like, it's really good stuff. You can take it to the track and, and do great with it. Yeah. It sounds like a good bike. Um, I had a really different experience with the Harley Livewire. That was, again, Harley, I don't want to like talk about them forever, but like I kind of want to talk about them for a little while. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people say it's like a really good bike. And I understand that because, like, it it delivers on performance, delivers on like it impresses you on how like how much torque you get if you haven't ridden an electric motorcycle. Like, you get that experience extremely well. Um, but I think the reason why you feel so like excited and like you feel like it's a dangerous experience is because they make it seem more dangerous with like a janky display and janky positioning so it looks like you're falling off the bike the whole time so no wonder it's so like scary to do because they made it difficult for no reason at all um but i only rode it for like 30 minutes and like i'm not the most qualified person to talk about these things but from a user experience like starting out I would not, well, for, like the price is already 30 grand, but. Yeah, like no one's buying a $30,000 bike as their first bike. That's super heavy and like not customizable in any way. Um, just really janky. Um, but yeah, from like someone just walking up saying like, oh, I want to ride motorcycles. I'm going to ride this one, which they're like advertising it at least at that place as like a beginner bike, which is not. Um, <laughs> but I, I would just be so like, turned off to the idea because like you do have to get on like a smaller bike and learn your skills and stuff but especially after such like a weirdly oddly dangerous experience that didn't have to be where i'm like pushed forward and the dash sucks and it feels plasticky like the freaking everything is plasticky where they could have put metal on i mean they're cutting corners to cut costs but so it seems like the the positioning the ergonomics of the bike were like a major contributing factor to your kind of negative review of it. It sounds like if it were more comfortable and more natural, it would have been a better bike. Like yeah, the plasticiness, the cutting costs, like all that aside, like at least it would have been fun and you know, all that. But do you feel like how, how tall are you again, Jay? Six, I'm six, two? two, six, two. So do you feel like maybe it just is marketed or it should be marketed to like shorter riders? That's the thing though, like, is like if they wanted to do that or if like I, it's just like they could have added so many things to customize it. Like you could have gotten the whole market if you could customize handlebars, you could customize your uh, feet position. Mm -hmm. uh, like if you could do like even a, just a little bit farther back and then like a little bit different of a handlebar, 
it just would make it more comfortable. Like, and it's not even just short riders. Like the thing is for me, I, although I'm six, two, like my legs are abnormally short and my torso is really high. So like I have kind of a weird body, but like the legs shouldn't be the issue here. It should be like, Mm -hmm. you know, the handlebar controls, which you should be able to change out, which they lied about like all these crazy features you can get in like the long way up when none of those features are ever going to be available to the public. So it's oh, like, yeah, I mean, the long way up, like, they use... <laughs> so I'm on, uh, I think they're in Mexico right now. So I'm on the second to last episode. Yeah. So I've seen, like, most of it by this point. But with the long way up, they used it as a base, but, you know, they it's not like they just went through the, the magazine. They're like, oh, we want this and that, and you guys just, just put those parts on. Yeah. They had, like, hardly people, like, go through and customize the entire bike, like, yeah. You know, like custom welding stuff and like putting on these additional features to the bike that the general public's never going to get. Yeah. I, I just, I think it's dishonest. Like it's super fine print kind of stuff where it's like, Oh yeah, you got all these crazy performance things that we can do, but you're actually never going to get that because this is like not even on the market. This is like CNC parts that we had to add mm-hmm. to this machine for a, a show. Like it's just stupid, but yeah, like cool for the show. But for the general public, like, you just don't get those features. Yeah. So I didn't enjoy the Harley Livewire very much. I enjoyed the fact they did deliver and they they overperformed on the performance things that they talked about, like in the commercials and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a fast and it's a powerful bike. It's not for me for the price and for the fact I can't do anything with it. Um, and the range, they also, uh, if you watch um sean srk cycles like any of his videos he did a harley live wire review yeah. like they they underquoted what the range actually is he he got more range than they said he would so which is super cool, cool. They, yeah like it's cool like hey it'll do this it actually does that much you know it's an even better bike than they claim it is in that respect so like good on him for that but thirty thousand dollars for that bike it's a lot that? like like the electric motorcycle market is just starting out and like, I mean, it isn't really just starting out. It's been around for a long while, but it's just starting to get into the public. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like buying the first iPhone. Like the first iPhone was like thousands of dollars. And like the first iMac was like thousands of dollars. If you just wait a little bit, like give it like three years and we're going to get bikes that are in consumer price ranges that are yeah. electric. Like the big four, you know, I know at least Kawasaki has been, teasing a little electric bike that they were going to throw into i think a ninja 650 chassis mm-hmm. um, and like hey that'd be cool if they did that you know if one of the big four started mass producing electric bikes and made them more popular that'd be great i think um, honda will do it they're not here yet but i mean like honda's always been you know on the front line i think they're going to have something there within three to five years yeah i think so, honda will upgrade like a trail 90 or like uh you know, one of their really small beginner sport bikes and just throw an electric engine in there. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, it'd be really funny is if the ruckus, I bet the ruckus will do it or like the monkey. One of those bikes will it be electric. That doesn't make any sense. Just something silly. Yeah. Cause that's Honda. Like that's what they do. But yeah, that would be cool. But so on the-, recap the ride then live wire, not really impressed. It's for someone, but not you. Yeah, I don't think it is really for anybody though. Like I think it's for an ill-informed consumer. Like it's it's like the what's a good comparison? 
Oh man, I don't know. Like, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Just like overpaying for something you really don't need to overpay for. Like, I would compare it to like uh, someone who wants or someone who buys a Ferrari instead of the new Corvette Z06 trim. Like, yeah. it screams like a Ferrari, performs like a Ferrari, but it's made in America. It doesn't cost two hundred two hundred thousand dollars. It's for someone who wants just like the name and they're willing to pay more for that name. Even yeah. though the performance is similar, better in some ways, not as good in some ways as a zero. Yeah. It's the guy that's buying Supreme t-shirts. Like that's the guy that buys the Harley <laughs> live wear. Like it's the brand, it's the badging and it's something that like is a cult following that I think people will buy into. But again, I talked to the guy after I wrote it and he's like, we've only sold one in the six months it's been here and, you know, they're pushing it like crazy. Uh, it's just weird. But on the other well, side... I'm looking at street triples all over the country. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're getting sold left and right until, like, I find the one that I actually want. Like... Yeah. It's so. weird. It's weird. And Harley just got, I think it was a new president or a new CEO that is going to change everything he got rid of like the is it the bronx or the harlem the bronx okay i, get I know you said harlem in like i think a video or something and then yeah. corrected like i meant bronx, bronx. <laughs> <laughs> but the bronx is canceled all those other crazy so projects like, like the bronx was competitive against the ftr yeah i would have yeah that would have been a sweet bike like I probably still wouldn't have gone for it just because it's not exactly what I'm looking for, yeah. but I could see demand there for it. Yeah. So I don't know why they cut that out and instead decided to keep their adventure bike. Yeah. I, I understand kind of because they're trying to bank off of like, like with the long way up, um, they're banking off of people who want that performance and don't care about having a Harley or having a gas versus electric bike. So like mm -hmm. they're trying to grip that part of the industry, but it's only going to be like, I mean, their key demographic past 50 year old men, but uh, like, I don't know. Like when I think about test rides, like yesterday was a really nice day. I was like, Oh, I'm going to go and do a test ride. Mm -hmm. I can't think of a single bike that I'd want to even step on in Harley, but at the Indian dealership, I can think of like eight or nine, like, yeah, like I'd, I'd want to ride all their bikes. It's like, let's see. Yeah. It's weird. But well, let's not make it into a Harley rant again, yeah. like every other podcast we do, yeah. and every other conversation we have not on camera. But <laughs> seriously, um, but look, tell me about some of the other uh, test rides you had. So you had the Live Wire, yeah. I know you did the FTR. I can't remember if we talked about that on the podcast yet. I don't think so. I'll talk about the FTR and the uh, Tiger at the same time. But okay. so I did the the FTR like pretty close like maybe a day or two after it was the next day to um from the live wire but the ftr experience was like completely different i love that bike it's an amazing experience for anyone who hasn't done it i definitely recommend being at least an intermediate rider because it's not for beginners at all um it's not so but here to like put a little note on that it's not really that torquey it's just mm -hmm. the fact that if you lay on the accelerator, it doesn't end with the amount of um, horsepower. Like the horsepower continues on throughout the line. 
So you get into your first gear and you hold it down. It doesn't really slag down uh, towards the end of like the gearing. Um, converse, so it doesn't feel like there's a peak. Like you're giving it more throttle and you never feel like you reach a peak and you're like, okay, I'm losing power. Time to shift gears. Like it's just more it just power. Keeps, it keeps going. It's, it's really nice. Um, I was eye level with trucks and I like being high up on a motorcycle because, you know, I'm taller. So it just feels more natural. Um, let's see. The dash was beautiful. It had all the important information. I would have liked it. Like, I know that like Indian likes to like standardize fonts and like all the other like things on their website. I would have liked it to be separate from like their standardized font and just made it like really more clear because a lot of the, the font and the scripting was just kind of felt like it was supposed to be on like an intro or like a, a trailer or something like that. Like it just felt like it, it wasn't meant for like a machine. It was meant for an article. Um, so that was kind of weird, but it's a small thing. Um, let's see. So the branding was a little bit weird on the bike. It was, it was a little bit. I mean, it's a beautiful bike, but just the dash and nothing else. Like everything else was beautiful, but mm -hmm. In typical um, Indian fashion, everything was beautiful. Yeah, definitely. The mirrors were kind of crappy, though. I, I would say that. Like, I would yeah. replace the mirrors. I mean, we could say that about any bike, I think. Like, most bikes have crappy mirrors. Like, if you want good mirrors, you're probably going to have to get aftermarket mirrors. Yeah. Especially it, with sport bikes or, or naked bikes, like the FTR. Like, yeah. They're usually placed where they are to look good, rather than actually show you what's behind you. Definitely. And I wasn't used to the amount of like the straight um, power chart, whatever you want to call it. I wasn't used to that kind of torque. Um, so I kind of revved it too hard in first and I wheelied it a little bit, which is again, why you shouldn't ride it as a beginner. Um, but it wasn't scary. Like I felt a lot more safe on that bike than I did on the live wire. Um, mm -hmm. Cause it just felt constant. And it was something that as like a commuter, I would love. Um, the only reason why I wouldn't go that route is because I couldn't customize like the windshield really cheaply. Like I can get like a cheap windshield on like a Ninja or something like that for like less than a hundred. But on there I'd have to like either buy a trim package or get their custom windshield to fit onto the bike. And that would be a little bit plus it's yeah, what is that, like 250, 300 bucks. Yeah. It's probably like a Pugue or something like that, but it's going to be like, at least 200 bucks and then you can only really put a saddlebag on one side because the exhaust comes up so much unless you changed out for another one um mm -hmm. and then too like that's going to be another two to 300 bucks to just get a saddlebag on there um so that's a lot but you i mean you could probably put on like a back one like on the back pileon or whatever um so that's something you could do but I, yeah, it was a really good experience. I had a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. But so was, comparing that to the the Triumph Tiger, then you test rode yesterday. Yeah, it was like what forty five, forty six, something like that over in Boise yesterday. Yeah, I so the the Triumph. I'm starting to understand why people like Triumphs because it's like you've it's a British company, and I can only like compare it to like James Bond. Like everything is just like clean and plush mm -hmm. like, it's so crisp too yeah like, you know i i was waiting to ride the street triple for a few minutes while they were you know taking my license and making a copy of it or copying my insurance 
doing whatever with paperwork or getting the bike ready for me. I don't remember what they were doing, but I had about like five or 10 minutes just kind of chilling in the dealership. No one else was there. I was just looking at all the bikes and they all look so crisp and so just well put together. They have, I, I don't know if they use a standard designer, but they have like a really clean, like sharp lines on all of their bikes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's very visually appealing. I don't know like why people don't like the front end of like the Tigers or, you know, all the, all those adventure bikes, but I think it's just beautiful. Like it cuts, it just, I like it a lot, but mm-hmm. that bike, like everything about it was plush. There was heated main seat, heated passenger seat. There's like a wireless charger in the passenger seat um there's heated grips like adjustable windshields crazy modes um there's cruise control you can control bluetooth and all of your other stuff on there it was nice and the dash was huge it was like eight inches at least and it just showed everything in a beautiful way it's very plush but so how was the uh i mean let's talk about or you rode the uh, Tiger 900. They've got a few different Tigers. Yeah, so it was a Tiger 900. The, uh, power delivery. Okay, so it was a Tiger 900 GT Pro, which is meant for commuting or long-range touring. There's a, G, a GT Rally or a GS Pro. I'm not sure which ones are which, but those are meant for off-road. Um, I would adjust the shock a little bit if I could, um, just because it was really plush. Um, so turning kind of felt a little wonky. Felt a lot more like a dirt bike than a, a road bike. Um, let's see. Um, different than the FTR, each gear had bite to it. And I don't know if it's the way that the, um, what are those, the sprocket? What is it called? The sprockets? Yeah, it's in the sprocket or like just a transmission. Yeah, the way that the gearing was put down, um, it, every single gear had more torque. So like, and uh, the Star MSF course, they teach you like go into second gear so you don't have as much torque and you can have more of a smooth experience on the road, especially when you're going low speed. So I'd switch out a first. So first has a really big bite. I'd wheelie that really easy. Like if I wanted to do full wheelies on the highway, I could definitely do that. But um, I switch into second feeling like it's going to be a smoother experience and it just kept biting. And no wonder it's called a tiger. Like every single gear was like, boom, boom, boom. And you just, you felt that torque immediately. So I was on a 45, 40 mile an hour road. And I looked down and I'm going like 70. Cause like I couldn't smooth out, but, uh, I don't know if that's a horrible thing. I could adjust to that really easily. Um, but it just was definitely different and I had to, had to kind of slow down. And I mean, they probably got a reason for that too. Like, let's say you're riding off road you're like, Oh, there's a, there's a log in my path. We're going to pop that front end up a little bit. Yeah. Just real quick, get over the lock. Yeah. And you can hit really, like really tight corners. Um, it's something that you have to adjust to with adventure bikes or upright bikes. The weight's all distributed at the top. So when you're hitting a turn, like you have all the weight here. So you're pushing this bike all the way down. So your turns are like really tight versus like on a sport bike you have to really put your weight in because all the weights distributed towards the bottom. So it, it was different and it kind of felt a little scary at first. Um, but I could adjust to it really well. Another thing I noticed I didn't talk about with you when we talked on the phone was, uh, the engine heat, like normally your engine heat when you're like, especially in a cold day will be like kind of radiating off of by your legs. 
and it's not like it's not like supposed to heat you up it's just because the engine's like overcorrecting in the cold and it it becomes a lot hotter but the way that like i don't know if they've vented it some weird way but like i don't know if i was in some like cold riding mode but it was like it was kind of like an ac on my legs that was like shooting warm air at my at my legs and it was like perfect like the way i don't know how but it was like i didn't feel like it was 40 degrees out. i felt like it was like a 70 degree day it was nice so it was really nice then do you yeah. feel like i mean I, I guess that'd be something we want to look into because that could really suck if it's like 90 degrees you're not moving that fast and just blowing that hot air onto your calves yeah i i don't know it, it was weird I, I don't know if i hit like some weird mode you know like that i like vented it to my legs probably not but it was it was weird mm-hmm. but definitely a nice experience I had the hand guards on so my hands were warm um very 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 responsive uh throttle i think i would dial down a little bit um i don't know if i'd even go into some of those sport modes like on the ftr i didn't even go in the sport mode because it was so torquey mm-hmm. um or is it street sport? Like, I'm not sure, but there's standard the FTR. Yeah. I'm not sure what the modes are exactly. I, I know it's got probably like a street and a sport mode. Yeah. Or I know it has modes. So I assume it's, you know, a street and sport, maybe something else, maybe a custom one. Maybe I'm not sure, but yeah, it definitely was an interesting experience. I, I liked it and I would definitely ride it every day to work. I'd have to adjust to it, but Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even try it on the highway cause it was too cold out. I didn't really want to get on a busy highway. So yeah, that was it. So which of those bikes are you buying? Um, so I'm not buying any of them. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, tell me why then. Why, uh, why not? I mean, obviously not the live wire. I mean, all, I honestly, you're doing fine, but probably don't have 30 grand right now. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, all of them is because of price. Like right now, I'm entering into more of a career type job and I want to save as much as I can, especially with, we don't know what's going to happen in the next year. So, um, the tiger though is the one that I would buy most soon. Um, and that's just because like the next bike I want to get would be like a Kawasaki Z 900 if I can get one. Um, because I like the fact that it has over hundred horsepower. There's some things you can change to make it more of a touring commuting bike. Um, and maybe it won't be that one. I don't know, but, um, the tiger 900 would be a sweet upgrade to that because of all the features I could use mm-hmm. on like a daily commute. And it's not boring at all. Like it's definitely very fast paced. It's like if they took like the KLR 650 and they like threw it into like boot camp and gave it steroids and stuff. And then, you know, and you know, it hung out with like Jason Statham for a couple of days because he's British. But <laughs> <laughs> that's that bike. <laughs> they, they sent it to. They sent the KLR six fifty to boot camp, got it all ripped and jacked up. Then he hung out with Jason Statham and uh, Daniel Craig, you know, James Bond for a few days. And it's like, oh, I'm aggressive and also fancy. I'm a very refined individual. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I'd ever get like the, there's a 1200 version of the tiger. I don't know how people ride that. Like it's kind of like the, I don't know. It's kind of like having Busa strength at like a high up engine weight. Like I, I think I just, those bikes, man, like the GS 1200, 
Tiger 1200, the uh, Ducati Multistrada V4, like these really powerful bikes. No one's riding that off road. Like you might go down a dirt road, but you're not, you're not taking down like single track. You're not going up a mountain. Like those are just touring bikes at that point. They're sport touring bikes with beefier suspension. Yeah. But even then, like who's buying that, you know, like if you're going that way, then like a gold wing is the best value. And like, you know, something like that, something comparable. I think it's probably people who don't want to be on a gold wing. Like I know you yeah. and I think like, <laughs> no, that's the most like bang for your buck right there. Like that's sweet. It's got all these features, you know, it's, it's comfortable, Yeah. but it's kind of a nerd bike. So it, it is, I understand that. But definitely, I, I don't know. I've seen some 1200s for sale, and I kind of want to test ride them. Maybe I'll test ride the 1200, but it just seems like that would make it worse with, like, the weight distribution and, and like, turning and stuff like that would be kind of difficult. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that was fun. But talk about your, um, your Trident. Why aren't you getting a Trident? Oh, because I want a faster bike. <laughs> <laughs> How much horsepower really- is a Trident? Um, I think it's 80 something. Yeah. And I, you know, I really think the Trident is a great, maybe first bike for some people, definitely a great second bike for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like if you're listening to this, you're riding a Ninja 300, Ninja 400, R3, you know, anything like that. And you say like, Hey, I don't want a super aggressive, super sport bike, like a ZX6R. Um, but I want to move up to something with a little bit more power or a little bit more refinement than a Ninja 650 or SV650. I think the Trident makes a lot of sense. I think it, you know, it's competitive in price, but it's got a lot more features and it's got that triple cylinder engine. So it's got a lot more character. Mm-hmm. I think it makes a great case for someone. It's not me though, because I want to have a little bit faster of a bike, a little bit more of an adult bike that I can take to a track. Yeah, I understand yeah. that. that. That's definitely something that I want to get into is track days, but I probably won't be in a position to have, you know, a dedicated track bike for at least a few years. I don't know how, how soon that might be. but So yeah. I want something I can ride every day. It's a lot of fun. Not too aggressive in the ergonomics department, but still aggressive enough and capable enough to take to a track. Something that I have to realize is the fact that like my wife and I were talking about it. Like I want to get like a really nice motorcycle and like I want to get one that I'll keep for a long time. But knowing me, I probably won't keep it for a long time. Like I'm probably going to sell it because I get bored and I'll get something else. And like that's another reason why I wouldn't get the FTR 1200 is because new bikes are coming out every day. And especially with Indian and how they're moving there's going to be like a newer, better FTR 1200 or something in that kind of category that'll Mm -hmm. probably, you know, pique my interest in like three years. So I may as well wait a tiny bit longer while I don't have as much cash flow. And then when I'm at that point, I could buy that bike and then sell it off and get the newer bike in like two years. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think honestly, that's one of the best ways to do motorcycling. Like there's guys out there who like, Oh, I've had this bike or, my dad had this bike and uh, now I ride it. So I've had it for 20, 30 years. I'm like, well, good for you. But there's yes. so much more to motorcycling than just the one bike that you have. Like, I don't think they should be treated like cars. Like when, when I see listings, like let's say, Oh, I'm the first owner. And like they've had it, you know, it's an eight year old bike or something like that's cool. And all you're the first owner, but yeah. I just don't, I don't want to do motorcycling that way. 
you know, yeah. I want all these different experiences. So I want to try out these different bikes. It really depends on the type of rider. Like if you're the guy who's like the commuter long ranger kind of guy, then you're going to want a bike for a long time. But like mm-hmm. where we're at and where I think is like the coolest part of motorcycling is the like adrenaline junkie. I want to ride this cause it gives me f- like fun times and it, it keeps me alive. Like kind of cause it might kill you, but like <laughs> yeah, it might kill you. But like if it doesn't, it's keeping you from killing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously though, like that's a cool place to be at. And like you can continue to get new and fun experiences all the time. You just keep selling and buying and stuff. But here's a question I was thinking about. Is there a better company? So say like you want to drop five grand max down for a bike and start flipping bikes. Is there a better company than Kawasaki? For the purpose of flipping bikes? Yeah. Flipping or or just making making profits. Just for the purpose of making profit. Yeah. I mean, I think that's tricky because you could find any bike for a good deal. You know, if you just like wait long enough or know where to look. But I think that I probably, if for the purpose of flipping, I probably wouldn't get something that's so over-engineered like an S1000 RR, like a BMW or anything in that segment. You know, like you can find a Ducati Panigale V4R, whatever. I probably wouldn't buy like, probably wouldn't buy that bike off of like Crash Toys or Copart for the purpose of flipping. Yeah. Cause you're going to mess something up and then you're dealing with a 200 horsepower bike. That's not functioning properly. Yeah. Even just parts dude. like getting cheap parts. That's why I would say it is Kawasaki because you can get such cheap parts and like mm-hmm. the tutorials are everywhere and there's this huge community and the availability, like you go on the Facebook marketplace, 98% of those bikes are going to be Kawasaki. They've got 98, but they're <laughs> not. <laughs> <laughs> maybe like Certainly a lot <laughs> yeah yeah there's kawasaki's all over the yeah. place so I, I think if i were gonna flip another bike like it'd probably be a kawasaki <coughs> yeah i'm gonna get some water <laughs> go for it <laughs> one sec it's like a quick ad break quick message from our sponsor great value i'm just kidding they are not sponsoring this video don't sue me Jeez, i just like hit a wall like my throat just got super dry but yeah I can't. that kombucha man <laughs> i think that's what dried it up <laughs> but um yeah i can't think of a single one that's like compare like maybe honda maybe i don't know i mean a honda so i was i was talking about this the other day actually i i don't know if you remember Wyatt. we used to for those listening we used to work with another guy who is into automotive stuff. He is an automotive engineering major in college and is graduating soon. Also interested in motorcycles. Uh, so I was talking to him last week. He also moved down here for an internship or work. Um, so we just got lunch for about an hour or so. And he was asking me like what my favorite brand was. I'm like, well, really like this is my favorite brand of like the bikes that I want to get next. But for you, like you're looking for your first bike. I'm not, really soon but semi soon i think kawasaki is like best bang for your buck yeah so if you're looking for something like like take for example the honda grom versus the kawasaki z125 the kawasaki has like and i wouldn't recommend either of these as a first bike just because i think they're too small unless you're like a high schooler yeah unless you're a high schooler then go for it yeah but 
anyone else, like, I think they're too small. They're fun to stunt around on and just goof around, but I'd get a bigger bike. But anyway, I was telling him, like, take those two bikes, for example. The Grom is, like, it's an icon. It didn't create that class, but they rejuvenated that class of motorcycle. But then the Z125, Kawasaki's like, wow, Honda did a really good job, but let's let's make a bike and we'll give it one more horsepower and we'll make sure that it gets one more mile per gallon and we'll sell it for a hundred bucks less. I'm like, you bastards. I'm like, of course you will. Of course you will. cool. That. Yeah. They're like, just because we can, we will. Yeah. We're going to sell it for cheap. So it's going to be just a little bit better for just a little bit less money and that's Kawasaki and that's true. That's just what they do. And I love that about them. Like, if someone's going to do something crazy, like a Ninja H2, it's going to be Kawasaki. They're going to supercharge a 1,000cc sport bike because it didn't have enough power already. And they, they, like, they have a really good way of, like, I, I can go on for a long time. I actually applied to a few jobs at Kawasaki because I just really wanted to be a part of it. But mm-hmm. they have a really good way of simplifying their product line. Like, they just have, like, a few bikes, and they have a few different types of uh, engine sizes that you can pick from. And then they like devote themselves to improving those lines like as quickly as possible, just so that they can make sure they're having both the best bang for your buck, like they said with the Grom, but also like the most powerful and the most competitive in that category. Like I'm doing a project on the Z900 because I wanted to look into buying one. Um, But in 2017, they have a lot of people that are really interested in the Z1000. They have a lot of people that are really interested in the Z800, but they just eliminated both of those classes so they could simplify and they produced a way more efficient, way more powerful, way cheaper option in Z900, which is like, it's just impressive. Like a Harley guy or the Harley Davidson company would be like, cause they have like 800 bikes on the showroom floor that are like super like, niche so like some guy really likes a fat boy but the other guy really likes a street glide and they just continue those lines forever but kawasaki's like no we're going to simplify we're going to make sure it's it's perfect and then we're just going to let it go like it's kind of like toyota and it's it's japanese like japanese manufacturing is just obviously superior because they just focus on these things and they and they improve yeah and it's i think it's so japanese but also like they embody that like kyle meme you know it's like (laughs) I'm going to do it because I can like Mm -hmm. that's that is so Kawasaki like they're Japanese they're simple they're like they're efficient but also they're like should we supercharge our fastest bike yeah 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 we should do that we should do that for for sure yeah that's so cool of course they will that's that's Kawasaki no one else is doing that yeah although like I'm still waiting on Suzuki to come out with a turbo Hayabusa from the factory I don't think they will I don't think they will man I, I hope they do. The power wars are over. But I just think. to do it, like just have a little bit of Kawasaki mindset and say, just to do it, we're going to do this. Yeah. I hope they do. The problem with Suzuki, um, and not that it's really like a problem, but Suzuki in my mind and Yamaha, they're kind of like the same company, but like they do the same kind of things a lot. Suzuki, like they... Maybe I'm thinking Yamaha. I'm gonna I'm gonna go off of that tangent. Never mind. But like, <laughs> <All right. laughs> the Hayabusa would be really cool though. Like, it'd be, that'd be sweet. But I don't know if they'd ever do it because people would die like really fast. 
but yeah and, and i don't think the hayabusa really makes sense as a motorcycle anymore because no. um, really all it's good for is just highway pulls like you're messing around with your buddies and you want to do 180 miles per hour while they're doing 160. that's yeah. what your hayabusa is for like you don't want to take it to a racetrack it's a you know it's a freaking boat it weighs a ton it's super long i i have no interest in ever owning a hayabusa no yeah same i i don't think it would be a a smart decision but i mean there are plenty of other bikes that could fill that need for you um yeah i don't know but kawasaki definitely quality brand i like Mm -hmm. it they're simplistic like all their advertising simplistic like their freaking logo is just their name (laughs) like that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) honda's got the uh like the wings yamaha's got i don't know what it called but i know you know their little logo it's the same one on the pianos and stuff yeah and yamaha makes pianos as well so weird but all right good for you suzuki they've got like the little s but kawasaki it's just kawasaki yeah <laughs> i'm just so excited like there's new, there's new bikes being introduced i think they're introduced yesterday oh really i didn't hear about those um they're the new kawasaki product line Kawasaki, new bikes. Let's see. I love them. All new. So they have a new ZX10. <clears throat> ZH2SE. Oh, really? That's awesome. What does that do? What is it? So that so the Z, I mean the H2SE, that's like a, a touring H2. Because oh, really? you totally need, you know, a supercharged leader bike to tour on. You got to get to 180 on the highway when you're going through Nevada. Yeah, like, <laughs> how are you going to drive through the middle of nowhere, Nevada, if you don't have a bike that does 200 miles per hour? You can't. <laughs> you just can't. Seriously. Yeah, there's a lot of bikes coming out. There's a new. So it looks like I'm on the Kawasaki website, and it looks like January 26th. They're announcing even more. So it looks like one street bike, one dirt bike, and then three off-road quad ATV things. Oh yeah, there's that like that. So that's what I was talking about. There was like a a picture of like the bikes under the covers, and they're like coming mm-hmm. soon. Oh, actually, yeah. Let's talk about that new ZX10 because <clears throat> I've got a few feelings about that. I. I don't think the styling is cooler than the than the current model, honestly. What do you mean? Which ZX10 are you cooler. talking about? So the ZX10. Just flat ZX10 RR AS. Uh, let's go to RR. Let me get that. There's a KRT edition. You don't like it? Not really. I'm not. I'm not impressed. I think they're chasing Ducati with that styling. So with the ZX, where is it? ZX10R. Okay, Ninja ZX10RR. That's the one I'm talking about. It's yeah. the most expensive. You know, it's in the RR trim, but it looks so basic. Like the you know the bodywork looks the same as the ZX. 10 r but it then it's 
it's got better brakes and suspension and like that's good you know you should you should do that it's a twenty nine thousand dollar motorcycle though so like this thing better be really good because like, that, that's gonna be 30 grand or more out the door you know taxes fees and all that crap yeah but then the paint job on that like it's not cooler than you're just talking about you're talking about like the freaking race screen like the race screen like are you talking about kawasaki green like the full green oh yeah like it's just the basic green like i would have thought that paint job would have been reserved for the lowest model or like lowest spec model well that's the thing like they have they have such an upsell on the kawasaki green motorcycles like it's it's not even like the fact that it looks good it's the fact that it is kawasaki green like i mean i hope so i hope somebody's buying that just for that lime green because in the 10 uh the zx10 rr the only option is lime green you can't get any cooler paint job which i think is kind of lame like you're paying 30 grand for a bike that you can't customize a little bit well, it's a symbol, man. Like it sets you apart. Like when I guarantee you, this is meant for the guy at the track day. And like as bikes are rolling in, the only guy with the all green paint job is like, oh, he's got the RR. Like he doesn't yeah, have the. That's true. What? Yeah. I I guess that's true. It, it's not my thing, but I guess that makes sense. Like like a Ducati. Like oh, that's a red sport bike. He's like, got a Ducati. Oh. Ooh. If if someone recognizes like oh that's the new 2020 ZX10 and oh that's the you know just lime green edition that's the RR he got the thirty thousand dollar bike then plus you know, I mean if someone's gonna, in the know then they'll know I guess they're gonna stick it out with like a bunch of stickers on the side anyway so I guess that's true plus I mean most of those guys like get custom paint jobs anyway like if they're like really going towards like serious racing like they're not even going to keep that that's true i mean if they're racing like they'll probably just get you know a custom paint job or or have someone sponsor it or something like that yeah the se though i gotta say that would be quite a fun ride (laughs) (laughs) that's weird that that's only like 19 dude like so you're talking about the ZH2 SE, right? So there's a ZH2, and that's like mm-hmm. 17.5, and then ZH2 SE is 19.7. And if that's, I mean, it's 20, but like, that's a pretty good bike for that amount of amount of money. Like, honestly, man, I thought about it. Like, I'm I'm gonna drop, you know, I'm looking to spend under 10 grand if I can on a street triple, but it's probably going to be like 10 ish out the door or with shipping to get it to my house or, you know, go down to California and ride it back. There's going to be costs associated with that. It's going to be around 10 grand, but I've thought about like, what about just a couple grand more and I get a used H2. That would be insane. (laughs) (laughs) Like, should I do that? (laughs) It's like, like when we were starting out, we're like, Oh, well, we're not going to get a leader bike. Like that's way too much. And then we're like seriously looking at H twos. <laughs> and it's still like way too much. And I know that. It's like but you can't help but think about what it would be like, you know. It's really funny how like you change though. Like we were we were like looking at bikes when we started out and we're like, Oh yeah, well like the three hundred, the four hundred, like 
that's enough power for like at least three years. And then yeah. like we're, <laughs> we're seriously looking at leader bikes, which are cool. Like, yeah, I mean, it's cool. I want to get something with over 100 horsepower for sure because that pull on the highway, especially between like stops, uh, stoplights, is nice. Yeah, it, it is. And honestly, I would look at like a, a 600cc super sport. I like sport bikes. You know, like I'm a sport bike guy or a naked bike guy. But the ergonomics of a traditional super sport, I don't want it. You know, I don't want to be hunched over on my way to work every day. Because I'm going to ride that bike for everything. I'm going to ride it to work, up the canyon, take it to a track. Like my next bike, I, I need to be able to do everything on. Um, I like upright. So that, yeah, and, that, and I like upright, you know. That SC looks nice. Yeah, so something like a, you know, I'm not going to get an H2 but, or a ZH2. That'd be nuts. But something naked and upright, like that's more my style right now. I would totally look at a, an R6 or a ZX6R if it wasn't so aggressive in the seating position. Yeah. You know what I want to talk about or I want to get is the Versys 1000. Have you seen the Versys 1000? I, mean, I haven't looked at it lately. It's like they have it on the same page, but it's it's like the same thing basically as a Triumph Tiger. But it's got a little bit lower, so you're not getting as much of that like high end like um weight distribution. Plus, comes standard with um, baggage, and it is pricey though. It, it is, is pricey, like nineteen, eighteen, nineteen grand, depending on which model you're going with. Yeah, I think they released it in 2018 though, so I think you can get some cheaper models for maybe like nine maybe or like. 11. I mean, I wouldn't think nine or ten. If if they depreciate like anything like a street triple, like you've lost two grand, maybe. Yeah. I would think maybe you'd probably get one for fourteen ish. I'm just like, I'm just like dreaming a little bit. <laughs> maybe I can pick it up for like two hundred bucks. I mean, the Vulcan was nice. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I think I'm done with cruisers. If my wife didn't ride with me, I'd never get a cruiser again. Never ever. Yeah. My wife but for the passenger, I think they're the most comfortable for a passenger. I could not imagine having a passenger on that tiger man. Like they're like, Oh yeah, you can put a, t- a passenger on and there's a passenger heater. I'm like, that suspension, man. I it just would make it so hard to ride. Like Yeah. Honestly, like if you're doing any sporty riding or off road riding, like I'm not taking a passenger. Yeah. Like, Passengers are for like going to dinner or like going on like a little weekend trip. You don't take passengers off road or on a track. You don't do that. That's stupid. (laughs) Like the street triple has a backseat. No one's ever going to ride on that (laughs) backseat. Like it has a backseat and a seat cowl that you can put over it. And I might as well just glue that seat cowl on there, like bolt it down. Because yeah. it's never coming off. No one's gonna ride that bike with me. Yeah, I I think um, I think getting a cruiser would be a nice like secondary bike for me for like us to do like dates or short rides and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. if I'm going long rides with somebody, I'm I'm renting. I'm getting a bike from Eagle Rider because I don't have to worry about it. You know, like I don't know. But it's tough because like with a second bike, like specifically for long rides or taking a passenger like you know take my wife to dinner or you know a weekend trip or something 
I don't care as much about that bike. I'm not riding it every day. I'm riding it like two to four times a month in the summer and like almost not at all in the spring and winter or spring and fall and definitely not at all in the winter. So I don't want to spend that much on it because we're almost never going to ride it. Yeah. And so it's tough to really look at like, Oh, well we could spend more and get a nicer bike or like be more comfortable for you. It's like, well, I don't want to spend that much on it because we're almost never going to ride it. You know? Yeah. So I I would, I don't know if I'd keep a cruiser anymore, but yeah. So, I mean, like I probably will, like I'll have a cruiser in my garage at maybe not at all times, but most of the time I'll probably have a cruiser in the garage just so we can ride together. Like, Oh, it's a nice sunny afternoon. You want to go for a ride? And we can do that. Yeah. But outside of that, I see no reason to have a cruiser if you're not looking for the sons of anarchy, like aesthetic. Yeah. But then even at that point, you're like, are you like, are you really like, are you really a badass or are you just cosplaying? Like what's yeah. the, like, that's what it's like. Riding a cruiser is basically cosplaying. Like it's cool. Yeah. Sometimes like yeah. there's definitely cruisers that look cool. Like the Indian scout, especially the bobber. And I recognize that it like the normal scout has better suspension and you should get that. But the bobber looks cool. It yeah. looks cooler. There's cruisers that look cool, but I see no purpose to owning one unless you are riding with a passenger regularly. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking like I, we were on a trip or something on in our car. We stopped at a gas station. And I was like, at that time, I was like getting into my cruiser. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to wear like a leather vest and like all this stuff. And, and uh I the the second I saw these this this like huge motorcycle gang came from like California or something and they're stopping at this gas station they all walk in the second I I see them walk in I'm like you know I don't want to wear a vest like (laughs) (laughs) you know what I'm actually not that guy (laughs) yeah I don't want I don't want to like you know because like it's cool it's awesome that I more power to them but like. I'm not going to get some guy that's offended because I wore a Sons of Anarchy vest recording me on YouTube. Like, I, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not trying to start beef with some, like, club that that thinks they're badass. Like, yeah, I don't care. Like, ride your bikes. I'm going to ride my bike. Yeah. I don't care. I like it. But going towards the end of the podcast, what's your uh, – I think we should start doing this. What's your hot take? What's your hottest take of the day? On motorcycling. On motorcycling? Yeah. Anything about motorcycling? I was not prepared for this, but hot take of the day. I would say uh, spend a little more on your on your first bike. I was talking to a guy the other day, my brother-in-law's friend, about getting a bike. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, I could get this one. It's only like 1500 bucks." I'm like, you don't want that bike. <laughs> you want that bike like and you know we did it on the cheap we got a little bit lucky um yeah. you like eventually got a bike that ran but yeah. <laughs> and i just you know I, my bike's a rebuilt title so i bought it cheap i'm gonna have to sell it cheap it is what it is yeah. um but I, I would say spend a little more on your uh your first bike i don't i don't think enough people do that they buy these cheap cruisers and then they get out of motorcycling because they're like uh that wasn't that great yeah like, well you bought a crappy bike so it's yeah. kind of on you. I think mine would definitely be if you're looking to build a cafe racer for your first bike, 
you're probably not going to be riding motorcycles in two years. <laughs> Sorry, man. Like you're going to get frustrated and you're going to say that like motorcycling was a phase and you're, you're going to move on. Like, cause it's not going to work and it's not going to be nice and you'll get really discouraged and you won't have like cool trips to talk about. Like with this, like with the podcast, I have been like hesitant to post stuff. Cause like, I like look at other podcasts. I'm like, we'll never get there. But at the same time, it's like, it's more about conversation. If we like, if we build that kind of rapport, like if I get experience with this kind of stuff, we will get there, but like, don't worry about it. Like get something that works and just do it. You know, like Mm -hmm. you don't have to have that perfect cafe racer bike first off, get a bike and learn. And then maybe one day you'll get that, but it's more about repetition. I agree. Like I hope to have a cafe racer at some point, you know, I'll ride it, you know, a couple weeks, you know, Every couple of weeks on a Sunday afternoon, I'm not going to yeah. take it everywhere. But it's not going to be your main bike. No, it's not. It never will be. They just don't make sense. Yeah, they're they're pretty to look at, and that's it. Yeah, we're so but, but yeah, it, it is about like, you know, first bike, get a bike that runs, get a bike that's good, that's going to take you places. Yeah, that way you you know go out and meet people, have conversations, go meet those old guys who are like I used to have a bike when I was you know in my teens or. Before I got married, my wife made me get rid of it. Like, I don't know how many times I've had that conversation with random guys in parking lots. Yeah. And if you're getting a bike to get girls, the thing that's going to really like turn a girl off to you is when she's riding in the back of your bike and your engine falls to the ground. Like, (laughs) I don't think she's going to want to go on another date, man. (laughs) But the guy who was on a Ninja 250 that works. And he rides with his girlfriend slowly. He's having a good time. <laughs> She's having a good time too because she doesn't know it's an engine 250. <laughs> yeah, she just knows it's bike. about bikes. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, cool. Well, awesome. Thanks for listening. Thanks for Hi, being man. on. It was good to talk to you. Good to talk to you too.